Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Parks Motor Sales was founded by my granddad, Bobby Parks, and my great-granddad, Julian Mays, in 1958. We've been family-owned the whole time, and being family-owned, locally-owned, means you get to get your next vehicle or your existing vehicle serviced by the same people who stand in the grocery line with you, drop their kids off at the same school you do, and smile and are happy to see you when they do. So come see us at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee on 919 Nashville Highway or ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. Are you new to Murray County? We want to welcome you and your family. We are a local residential garbage service, and we want to be your garbage man. We've been around for over 30 years, so we have a reputation. Check us out at garbagemaninc.com or call Mike at 931-540-0919. You could also ask your neighbor. 931-540-0919. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job at Fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today, 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. 
Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwenGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwen Group, or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. McEwen Group, land is your legacy. Farmer Johnny here, Taylor Family Farm. I want to give you all a little look-see. We raise 100% non-GMO, grass-fed beef, pasture chicken, and pork on our family farm. Everything that we grow is raised with love and care to ensure the highest quality and nutrition for our family and customers. You can shop online at taylorfamilyfarmtn.com or visit our farm store in person at Etheridge, Tennessee at 301 Dave Reisner Road. That's taylorfamilyfarmtn.com for more information. This is Clayton Harris, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM Columbia. Oh, yeah. A lot of conversation today. we got a lot to talk about. Uh, we've got Blake Topmeyer joining us. It is your Tony Basilio Show. We are live with you, making it happen, ladies and germs, on an incredible, an absolutely incredible Tuesday. Hope you're having a great one. We are where we are. You are where you are. Matt Dixon and Brian Hartman are where they are. One day away from the Vols in North Carolina, but center stage right now, and everybody's watching it, is Portal Mania 2023. Matt, do you have Portal Mania? Uh, you kind of have to if you're a college football fan. It's kind of a the new wave, this new era. Um, you kind of have to because if you ignore it like Dabo Sweeney, you're – you're kind of bound to be a, a mid-tier program. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm not big into recruiting, but I think the portal is, is just kind of an extension of that. Uh, so it's, it's a definitely a new, a new kind of a new deal, but yeah, I kind of have to be into it. Blake Topmeyer is going to join us here momentarily, but there are Southeastern conference players that are uh, jumping into the thing left and right. And uh, it is it is going to be absolutely at the end of the day wild. You're not going to want to put the light coming this way because it's going to it's going to show light. I'm trying to explain to Laura about the way the lighting works in here. She's up on a ladder. She just for those of you that are on um, for those of you that are watching on Twitch, she just deadened the screen there. That's why the screen's black. But that that light, if you shine it directly on me, so we're gonna have to sh- we're gonna have to front light this thing from the front and shoot it this way, like you're doing. That's gonna be our best bet. We're trying to get the studio lighter. Those of you that watch the thing, uh, the people on Twitter Spaces have no idea what I'm talking about, and most people have no idea what I'm talking about. But we're trying to light it for the 20 people that watch us on Twitch. Make the switch to Twitch. There, I editorialized. Matt, what do you make of the Texas A&M thing and the way Ross Bjork looks like a fool? And by the way, ha- uh, happy trails, Monica LeBron. We're all going to miss you. Uh, I, you know, I, I don't know how much say the, the Bjork guy actually had it and who they hired. Um, it, it felt to me, it, it feels a little underwhelming, but I, I'm not sure what, big time candidate they could have gotten that would have felt like a 
an energy tap higher that that would have you know had some positive juice. Um, to to pay that buyout and end up with kind of a defensive mining guy. Granted, he does have ties there, so I think it's a better fit than Mark Stoops. Plus, it's a lot cheaper than Stoops. I mean, they were going to have to give Stoops about a Jimbo type contract to get him away from Lexington, which is just insane. Uh, so they 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 get kind of a similar type coach, maybe a little bit. I mean, obviously less proven, but maybe a little bit more upside and and maybe with better ties to the program already. But you know, I I think you know your your view and and your your kind of theory on A&M is going to continue to prove to be correct. There's no doubt about that. Especially with Texas and Oklahoma joining the league. Blake Topmeyer called them Michigan State, which he's going to join us on the other side of the break. That's got to run all over those people. They didn't sign up for this deal to be Michigan State, Matt, but they are totally Michigan State to to Texas as Michigan. That's who they're going to be in this league. Yeah, It's weird because so much of their funds and and the, the money came from this, but in a lot of ways, they're still kind of chasing that Johnny Manziel high from that first year in the league mm-hmm. where they won. I think it was like 11 games, you know, beat Alabama, um, you know, had the Heisman Trophy winner, like have this really fun offense. Like they've never come close to replicating that. Uh, the, the COVID year, I think they went nine and one, but that was still kind of a, a very boring, you know, that conservative Jimbo offense. So they, they've kind of been chasing that Manziel type team ever since they joined the league. And they're, they're just so far away from that, that, I mean, it, you know, I mean, they, they got, it was, what was the, I mean, it was like hundreds of millions of dollars that Manziel brought, like got them to their program where they got a new stadium and all that, but they're still the same, you know, seven to eight win program. Yep. It's pretty interesting. So much of what happens in college sports, too, is chasing that high. That's the thing that's really interesting about it. Did you guys see where Tom Allen had a $20 million buyout? $20 million. Some president, some AD, somebody sat down and let some agent do that to them. Yeah, we'll just give you $20 million. What? They should have tried to find some McDonald's cashbacks. Brian, twenty million dollars for that guy. Imagine, imagine seeing that guy get out coached and blow like a ten point lead to Jeremy Pruitt in like the last five minutes of that ball game, and turning around and giving the guy a contract extension. And that's when they did it. I mean, that guy's a high school coach. Yes. Like, no offense. No offense to him. Just look at him. He just the way he acts. Once Kalen DeBoer left, that was it for him. Which is kind of an interesting thing about college football. Because sometimes you wonder, is it the head coach or is it the assistant coach? Some assistant coaches are better assistant coaches than head coaches. And some head coaches would be better off as assistant coaches. It's an interesting deal. But everybody's chasing a high. And everybody's trying to, most people are trying to pretend to be something that they're not. Which is why these coaches make so much money. Yeah, and I thought that I had yesterday. I, I don't know how you could do this, but like, like Tom Allen, like a twenty million dollar buyout for that guy. Is there could is that possible for some coach or, or a school to figure out a way to tie the the coach's buyout into the NIL program? Because there's no way Indiana has twenty million dollars to spend on NIL for football or really maybe any sport. 
but yet they're going to pay a coach $20 million to go to not coach. I just wonder, like, if I was a coach, I would try to figure out a way if I have a, you know, whatever your buyout is, put half of it towards the NIL program every year and take it away from me. And, and that way you might not even need it because you might succeed. Uh, Matt, those guys, Matt, those guys, you're, you're going under the assumption they want to succeed. I'm under the assumption that a lot of these coaches see getting these appointments to these schools. They all call each other behind the scenes. I really mean this now. And they say to each other, you won the lottery. Congratulations, you're a lottery winner. I really believe that. You're, you're assuming these guys are trying to win. If I was trying to win, I'd spend my own money on my payroll. I've always said that. How much money do you live in? You need to live in a, like a place like Knoxville, Tennessee. You're making nine million dollars. I'd spend two million of my own money to stay employed, and I mean that. And again, Pruitt and his and his guys were way ahead of the curve on that. Hello, I mean I spend my own money to succeed in my business. Why wouldn't I do that if I was a football coach? Think about that. I mean I'm in business for myself. We need a piece of equipment, we buy it. Uh, one of our guys on our staff needs money, whatever it is. I mean, come on. I mean, that's that's what you do. I, I was talking with the throat today, and we were laughing about that Allen thing. He said somebody one of these days, and I'm going to ask uh, Topmeyer about this. One of these days, they're going to wise up, and they're going to invest in general managers that they're going to put over these coaches like they do in the NFL, and they're going to quit worshiping these coaches because it doesn't work. And they're going to start having huge press conferences when these five-star kids in the portal come visit these campuses instead of doing it in the cloak of night. Because really... Those are the guys that drive the engine, Matt, if you stop and think about it. We got this thing bass backwards right now. It's really about players. Do, do you think Matt Josh Heupel got dumber overnight? Because I don't. But he didn't have the same players. And by the way, if you don't have players, I don't care how good your offense is. You're not going to score. You're not gonna, we just saw that this year. So you better get players. No matter who you are, hey, I'll give uh, I'll give Saban and Kirby this. They recruit like their lives depend on it because they know their very existence depends on the way they recruit. Am I lying, Dixon? I mean, that's that's what they do every day. Yeah. Yeah, they have they have the best players, and and that's not all it takes. As as A and M is a good example of that, but no, you have to have players to have a chance. No um, players, no chance. We saw that, man. You just you just have to have it. It's, yeah, especially in the SEC. Yep. I mean, occasionally you'll see it. You know, like somebody get by in in another week or have a kind of a great season. Um, but for the most part, and definitely in the SEC, you have to have the best, the most talent to, to have a chance to win. So Blake Topmeyer is going to join us on the other side. John Bryce, footballscoop.com, next hour. Each guy is going to get quizzed about the movement that's going on behind the scenes right now. There's all kinds of rumors out there. Now, people I talk to at Tennessee say, that the talk about our running back from Baton Rouge going back home 
is erroneous, he's not going anywhere. He's given an indication to them that he's looking forward to being back, which is good news. The truth is, though, nobody really knows. They don't even know. I mean, you can think one thing as a staff and another thing can happen. There's talk that Riley Leonard from Duke is on his way to Notre Dame. Notre Dame is using the league that they have a tie to as their farm system for developing their quarterbacks. Riley Leonard's a nice player. That'd be that'd be two really nice pickups for Notre Dame out of the portal. Max Johnson from AM's in the portal. The Howard kid from Kansas State's in the portal. And really what the portal has done, and we've seen this, is it shifted the balance of power at the quarterback position, if not anywhere else. Where would Oregon be right now without the kid from Auburn? Where would Washington be without the kid from Indiana? A myriad of schools. I mean, how bad would USC have been if they didn't talk that Williams kid into going? And speaking of quarterbacks, Brian, poor Josh Dobbs. He crashed down to earth last night well, off the coast of Florida. Tennessee be without Joe Milton, Tone. <laughs> Brian with a zinger. Um, uh, how about Josh Dobbs? Poor guy. Yeah, I, I, they get I'm a book on you in the NFL, and the game's over, man. That's how the NFL works. And, you know, the Bears are so bad that the Vikings almost won that game anyway. Oh, I know. It wasn't really Dobbs at the end that lost it. It was, it was their defense. Brian, he and, Brian, Brian, Brian. At the end of the Brian, game. Brian, 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 Brian. He was horrific last night. Come on, man. The guy threw four interceptions in an NFL football game. Come on now. But at the end of the game, he did Har- lead to a lead that Brian, they didn't hold on to. Horror show is what it was. Yeah, nightmare. It was for a bad him. game on both teams. Nightmare for him. And the NFL is a bad product right now because quarterback. And that was a Monday night game. Because quarterback play. Quarterback play is a blight, a blight in that league right now. A blight. Like it looks like condemned property. Quarterback play in that league. No offense to it. And no offense to him, but geez Louise, man. Like crashed off the coast of Florida. Looked like uh, SpaceX, if you want to use the space analogy. Looked like one of uh, Elon uh, Musk's rockets. Take a brief time out. And I love the Dobbs story. It's a great story, but the problem is, in the NFL, they're not there to create Disney stories. That's why we love sports. I mean, sports will give you a little bit of... Um, It'll give you a little bit of magic, but it also give you a little bit of reality. And eventually, reality catches up to magic. So, in the meantime, Blake Topmeyer joins. He completely exacerbated the A&M fan base. Let's laugh with him. And then i got to ask him, Matt, why is that defensive coordinator still at Auburn? Can you imagine that that guy's still employed down there? There's no way that guy should still be at Auburn, right? Just no way. <laughs> I, I I wouldn't think so. There's it's hard to come back from uh, something that that bad. Have we ever seen anything maybe like we, that? Have you ever witnessed anything really like that? Recruiting or something? Who ca- I don't care who he is. I don't care if he's young Rodney Garner. He's looking for a job today, man. Take a brief time out. Eight six five two hundred five four zero two. Blake Topmeyer after this. 
This is Terry Wilcox, a.k.a. The Chicken Man, a.k.a. T-Willie, and you're listening to 101.7 FM WKOM, Columbia, Tennessee. Alert, alert! Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram has a huge announcement. We're expanding our service center to get you in and out quicker than ever. That's right, five new service bays to get your vehicle back on the road. Don't drive a Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, or Ram. It doesn't matter. Our certified technicians are trained to work on all makes or models. More service, less time. Only at Columbia Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram. Family owned and operated. You can count on us. This is Dr. Dominic Mancini from the Dr. Gill Center. If your car was damaged in an auto accident, chances are you'd fix the car. Why wouldn't you give that same attention to yourself? Untreated whiplash injuries of the spinal column may lead to conditions such as headaches, numbness in the arms, neck and back pain. The doctors at the Dr. Gill Center specialize in detecting and treating such injuries from an auto accident. Accident consultations are free. Call me painfree.com or call 615-551-9224. In today's uncertain world, you can never be too careful about your family's financial future. That's why the Parker Group, a part of Barrett's Private Wealth Management, is offering a free second opinion on your financial plans. Let us review your current plan, and we will identify any gaps and offer suggestions to improve it. Please call the Parker Group at 931-548-3737. That's 931-548-3737. Robert W. Barrett & Company Incorporated does not offer tax or legal advice. Hi, Jimmy here for Columbia Ace Hardware. Columbia Ace Hardware now carries Magnolia Home by Joanna Gaines Paint. Now their premium quality and huge selection of colors will be right in your neighborhood. Along with the award-winning service and advice, Columbia Ace has always provided for your paint projects. Around the block, what you need in stock, with people who know their paint. Columbia Ace, the helpful place. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. Do you have trees that need trimming or removed? Do you have stumps that you want ground? A1 Tree Removal is a family-owned and operated business local to Columbia and Lewisburg and servicing surrounding Middle Tennessee. They are licensed and insured and provide free estimates. No job is too big, no tree is too small. Give old Luke a call or text Luke at 931-359-3113 or you can check them out on Facebook and tell A1 Tree Removal that you heard this ad on the radio. If you love America, you will love A1 Tree Removal. Merry Christmas, everyone. Whoa, hold on. It's way too early for that. Hello, this is Rick and Terry Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. Christmas is getting closer. Let Tillis Jewelry help make this holiday season a little less stressful. Did you know we offer layaway? Come in, select the perfect gifts for your loved ones, put 20% down, and then pay it off before Christmas. And you know we carry a great selection of one-of-a-kind pieces, vintage jewelry, diamonds, and more. Stop by and let us help you find that perfect gift. 
The generations that have paved the way for us deserve respect, integrity, and compassion. This is Kelly Dobson, owner of Caring Hearts Home Healthcare. My grandmother and mother started this business in 2005, and I was honored to take over in 2012. Licensed and insured, we help our aging community stay in the comfort of their own homes. Online at caringheartshomehealthcarellc.com, by phone 931-381-5470, or in person at 1121 Trawood Avenue here in Columbia. That's Caring Hearts Home Healthcare. Need a little extra cash for the holidays? From now until Christmas, Pillar Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electrical is giving you a $500 Visa gift card when you buy select new HVAC systems or receive a $250 gift card with a new tankless water heater. And upgrade now with monthly payments as low as $79. Visit happyhiller.com. Happy you'll be or the service is free. Call the Happy Face Truck today. I've got our favorite grocer on the line, Mr. Miles Johnson for Foodland. Miles, how you doing today? I'm doing just fine. How are you? Oh, I'm doing fantastic, buddy. Well, let's uh, let's find out what's going on at Foodland and what great savings you guys have for the next two weeks. All righty. Well, we have cooked shanked portion ham, $1.49 a pound, sweet potatoes, 39 cents a pound, Mrs. Smith or Edwards pies, $5.99 each, Smithfield spiral sliced ham, $2.49 a pound, Food Club turkey, $1.29 a pound, Coca-Cola 12 packs, two for 11, and Pillsbury pie crust frozen, two for six, and a whole bunch more. All right. People need to come in and check it out. You always have a flyer right there handy at the door for everybody. So, And these sales run again for uh, the next two weeks, correct? Yes, sir. Oh, that's fantastic. So anyways, you guys are located right there on West 7th Street. You're open seven days a week. Your hours are 7 a.m. to 9 p.m. Miles, you and the staff have a great uh, Thanksgiving next weekend. All righty. Same to y'all. Thank you, Miles. Have a good day. Bye-bye. You too. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern Middle Tennessee. WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. So today on the blog, I I had a point that I wanted to get Matt's thoughts on, and that's this. People say, well, what's the significance of doing what Tennessee did? And which is throwing up a 7-5 season this year, or an 8-4 season versus a 7-5. I got ahead of myself. And the significance is, as I've looked at the teams that vie for playoff spots year in and year out, that you're going to compete with, you cannot throw up six and six seasons. You can't really throw up seven and five seasons if you stop and look at it. The teams that are in that stratosphere, the floor is eight wins. Look at Clemson this year. Now, I had thought in my mind Clemson won nine, but they won eight. But they, they had that joke phone call that I think was semi-staged, I really do, took total advantage of that and didn't look back. And my sense of this thing is that eight's got to be your floor, and Tennessee did a really nice job to get to eight, and it's significant for that reason. And Matt, if you look at those teams, the Penn States of the world, year in and year out, under that coach, eight's the floor. Eight's the floor. And I'd like your thoughts on that because I think it's rather significant. And then I'll connect with Blake Topmeyer here. Yeah, no, I, I do think it's 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 accurate and, and it's a kind of a good barometer of where your program, just the health of your program overall and not just kind of a one-year wonder type deal, which, which obviously happens um, – 
you know, every few years, you know, with TCU last year, uh, happened with Auburn, I guess, twice. Um, so, it, I mean, stuff like that happens and, and there'll be a few teams that sneak into the playoff every year that, that kind of jump, make a big jump out of nowhere like that. But to be a program that's consistently competing for the playoffs, um, which is, I guess, really just like a top 20 type program, top 25 program, you got to be around that eight and four. You know, nine and three mark. Um, you know, obviously things, you could have a tough schedule or some injuries and, and maybe you slip to seven and five one year. Um, but no, you've got to be a program that's consistently winning in that around that eight game mark. And then you have to take full advantage of your, your kind of peak years whenever, whenever those come up or whenever you get maybe, uh, an advantageous schedule. Yeah. Um, like Tennessee had last year. Um, you know, I, I don't know how much of an, scheduling advantage you can have going forward in the sec but i'm sure georgia and alabama will find a way to have it i, I like uh, what the sec you, you is to, yeah to have, like like alabama yeah. could should have easily gone nine and three this year yep with the but it's what the it would have been like a first year quarterback and then it would have kind of set them up for next year but instead the you know i guess that's a bad example but. well no that's who they are I mean, that's the truth and that's who you're going to compete with you know look you're tennessee you want to make a bowl game i mean you want to make the playoff let me bring Blake Topmeyer in here, USA Today Network, family of stations. Also, his uh, podcast he does with John Adams, which drops on Wednesdays. Absolutely incredible. Blake Topmeyer, I bring you in uh, without further ado. So, you know, we just completed the final season of college football as we know it, and I hope you're doing well, man, and uh, I hope you had a great Thanksgiving season. And we've got a lot to be thankful for here, Blake, because – from your perch and what we do here, there's going to be no shortage of material here for the next month or so. It's going to be crazy. Yeah, it is. And, uh, I mean, you, you probably have the portal and, and maybe Tennessee in mind when you say that. But and, and then even before that, I mean, the final year of the four-team college football playoff era, let's be honest, like there's been a lot of years where the four-team playoff went off without much drama. Yep. But this year is not one of them. Uh, I mean, we go into this final, uh, this, this championship weekend, and I think there's a minimum of seven teams still in the mix. And if utter chaos breaks loose this weekend, maybe an eighth team, maybe Ohio State sitting at home uh, in utter chaos could, could slip in through the back door. I don't really think so. I think it's, it's among the seven teams um, playing in, in conference championship games this weekend. And how about this? Uh, I've been saying this for weeks, and I don't think anybody believed at the time, but Alabama could beat Georgia and still not make the playoff. The SEC could get shut out of the playoff. I got time for that. I got time for that, Blake. Blake, I got time for that. And because the SEC has won so much, they've almost become, I don't know, like the New York Yankees of the deal uh, back in the day or the New England Patriots when Brady was there with Belichick. Uh, and, and you kind of get a sense that there's a SEC fatigue out there, and it would almost be refreshing, Blake. Even though you cover the SEC, I'm in the SEC footprint, but it would almost be refreshing for the rest of college football to have a playoff happen without one of our teams in it, especially one of those two teams. Well, and it's, it would be a fitting year, right, because Georgia is really stinking good. I think they're the best team in the nation. Yep. But beyond Georgia – 
top to bottom, this has not been a good year for the SEC this season. And I think some folks that only watch SEC football don't really realize that. Like, I, I just got an email from a fan uh, last night that said, like, you know, how many SEC teams would be undefeated playing Washington or Oregon schedule? And I want to be like, um, maybe two? <laughs> you know, like, I, I mean, there's this idea that the SEC is just being held back because it's, oh, they're beating up on each other. It's like, not true. Well, that's not been the case this year. No. I mean, Alabama, their only loss is to Texas. Uh, you know, we, we saw it all throughout non-conference play of SEC teams losing against uh, you know, non-conference opponents that, on paper, I think a lot of us thought they would beat. Uh, I mean, starting with North Carolina beating uh, beating South Carolina like a drum, Florida State handled LSU no problem. Uh, I mean, on down the line from there. So, yeah, it's not been a good year for the SEC. I think the folks in Birmingham don't want to acknowledge that. It has been a great year for Georgia, and Georgia is beat up on some of the other supposedly good teams in this conference, like a ranked Ole Miss team, a ranked Tennessee team. But what does that tell you? Like, Georgia's good, and everybody else is, as the kids would say, mid. Um, you know, and, and Alabama, they've gotten better as the season's gone along, but I still think their ranking is pretty appropriately. I mean, they it, they needed a miracle to escape on the plane Saturday. They've had a lot of close games. So, yeah, I think Georgia's your front runner for your championship, but if they were to lose – you have to put the undefeated teams in from other conferences. Yeah, walk and, walk us and, through that. Walk walk yeah. us because because people are having trouble conceptualizing. I mentioned this yesterday. I think people really do in our footprint. And, and look, all politics are local, but I really do think people are having trouble conceptualizing. For instance, Texas beat Alabama. You have mm-hmm. to honor that. You have yeah, to you honor do. that. I, I was in the building that night, and let's not forget it was in Alabama's building, right? Like that's the biggie. This wasn't some fluke in Austin. This was uh, this was in the house that Bryant Denny built, and Texas went in there and just physically imposed their will on Alabama across four quarters, beat them by two scores, and Bama was probably lucky it wasn't by three scores. Uh, you have to honor that. That is the roadblock throwing the whole thing off. For the SEC. So here's what has to happen for Alabama to get into the playoff. It is a two-step process. Number one, they have to beat Georgia. That's not easy. Uh, but let's let's say they do it. Let's say Alabama beats Georgia. They still need one more thing to happen to make the playoff. They need either Michigan, Florida State, or Texas to lose this weekend or otherwise beating Georgia is not going to be enough, and the SEC is going to get no teams in the playoff. Uh, because if, if Michigan State goes undefeated, if Florida State goes undefeated, if, the, if Texas goes 12-1 and with that head-to-head against Alabama, uh, and then you have your Pac-12 champion, there's your fourth team, there's, there's your four-team playoff, and the SEC is left out in the cold, no Alabama, no Georgia. Um, so, yeah. And conversely, if if uh, all heck breaks loose, the SEC could get two teams in yep. the playoff. Yep. Uh, if Alabama beats Georgia and Texas loses and Florida State loses and Ohio beats Michigan, I mean, or, or excuse me, Iowa beats Michigan, crazy talk, right? 
uh, then you could still work your way into the SEC getting two. But it's much more likely, I think, that the SEC gets none than two. Now, the likeliest thing is Georgia beats Alabama by about 17 points, and uh, that's it. Georgia's on the, on the one line. You, you know what's crazy, too? And it's kind of happening in the dark. But the pack, whatever they are, who, who knows what these how many teams these leagues have. I quit counting a long time ago, but Blake, they had the best league in America this year, and it kind of wasn't close. And the thing that's and, and really it was a byproduct of the transfer portal and luring those quarterbacks out west. But they bring the curtain down on their league, and you've got a team that beat a team earlier in the year that's a one and a half score underdog to that team this week that we all know. Oregon's going to go to a playoff. Oregon's going to beat that Washington team, and they're in. Like, they're not even in the conversation, like, when we're having this this discussion. Correct. The Pac-12 is, is they're the getting only a team. conference. Yes. They're, the Pac-12 is the only conference and that, in my mind, is assured of a bid mm-hmm. going into this weekend. It's either going to be Washington wins, they're in undefeated, or Oregon wins, they are going to be in. The committee has loved Oregon since day one. Yep. They still love Oregon. They're waiting for a reason to be able to put them into the top four if they beat Washington. It doesn't matter what happens anywhere else. Oregon is in. They are the only conference that is assured of a bid. Um, I mean, even the Big Ten, I mean, I kind of assume they're assured of a bid because I, I don't see a world in which Iowa beats Michigan. But if if that were to happen, the Big Ten is not assured of a bid. And, and on down the line, there's no other conference that is guaranteed a bid at this point. But I think the Pac-12 is. They're either taking Washington or if Oregon wins, um, they're, they're taking Oregon. And really the better conversation we should be having, we won't, but we probably should be, is um, if Washington loses, should they still be in the conversation? Because they did beat Oregon once. They do have a really strong strength of schedule. They got a good resume. Should they be knocked out just because they lost the rematch? We won't have that conversation. If Washington loses, I, I think it's almost certainly out. But that's probably the conversation we should be having because Washington's got a great resume and they already beat Oregon. Hey, Matt Dixon, it's like heresy heresy to say this on the air, but that league is really, really, really good. It's better than the SEC this year. I mean, it's a strange thing to say out loud, Matt. Well, I mean, who's the third best team in the Pac-12, though? Like Probably I mean, Arizona. Who, lo- who lost the Mississippi State. Well, so, you I know. Mean, it's not, you- I mean, I, it's very balanced. I mean, I think it's good. It's very good, and it's very balanced in the middle. I'm, I mean, I'm not ready to say it's the best. I, I think Oregon is probably playing as well as anybody right now, and, and I think they're, they're a legit threat to win a national title if, if they can, can avenge their one loss. But I, I think the Pac-12 is a very good conference this year. It's about as good you, as it's ever been. USC and UCLA both kind of fell off the table a little bit. So did Utah. So did some of those teams we thought were pretty good. They ended up being sort of, you know, very mid at the end of it. It's a good point. But Oregon and Washington are great. Yeah, it's a yeah, good point. I, I think that's fair. I mean, and, and we do have a few data points of Pac-12 against the SEC. Uh, we got that that result there of, of Mississippi State beating Arizona earlier in the year. Uh, Auburn beat Cal. On the flip side, you know, Utah took care of Florida, no problem. So we, so we got some data points there. I do think, um, as you guys are saying, they have two really, really good teams in Oregon and, and Washington. I do think it, it sort of drops off from there. But, like, if I were to look at Arizona 
Arizona, uh, Oregon State, USC, that tier. I mean, I think it's pretty comparable to Ole Miss, Tennessee type of tier in the SEC, right? Um, and so I think the, the, the conversation here is like the SEC's got one great team, best team in the nation, I think, in Georgia. Yes. I think they're going to win the national championship. It's got one other team in the mix in Alabama, and then it drops off, right? Uh, and, and I think the Pac-12 is, is kind of in a, in a similar boat, um, but we don't even – we don't even normally consider this, right? Like it's normally a done deal, especially for us living in the South and being accused of Southern bias. Like we all just accept the SEC is the best conference because it usually is. Um, but but this year, you know, we have to face the uh, face the fact that it's that it's not. But it is, you know, there there are some data points there that that would uh, you know prop the SEC up a little bit. The highest level football game I saw a year was that Michigan Ohio State game. Now, I don't know. I don't have a way to quantify that. I'm just trusting my eyes. That thing right there, and and their league is simply a two-team league, and everybody else is just kind of in a runaround car. Um, I mean, the fact that Iowa could get on a field and need Nebraska to to crash and burn like that, to, to get out of there with a victory on Black Friday was everything you need to know about that league, and then some, and they're in a championship game. Uh, in that conference, but that was the highest level game that I've witnessed all year, Blake, in college football. Yeah, I, I think you you probably have something there, and and yet as I was watching that, I didn't, I don't know, I I, I, just, I don't think Michigan has a great shot at. I don't think they're the biggest threat to Georgia. I think they're really good. They're really talented. They're they're great on defense. Um, I just. They still feel to me like a little bit like Georgia Light, and I don't know mm-hmm. if Georgia Light beats Georgia. Um, whereas, like Oregon has the weapons on offense, uh, you know, I feel like they're they're a little more balanced. They're a little, they're a little more offensive firepower. Uh, I don't think Oregon would beat Georgia, but if I had to look at someone who's got the best shot at doing it, I still might go Oregon over Michigan, just because as good as Michigan is, you know, when I stack them up. You know, Ohio State's kind of like Michigan light this year. Good point. Bit, right? And, and I yep. think Michigan is, is like a little bit of a lighter version of, of Georgia. Now, maybe that is my SEC bias, Sean. Uh, I don't know. But, you know, even though I'm a little, a little bit down on the SEC this year, I'm not down on, on Georgia. Um, they play with their food sometimes. You know, when they got some opponent that they know they're supposed to beat, they don't turn it on. But anytime there's a little number, next to a team's name, it seems like. I mean, they just pour it on and leave no doubt, which is basically what their teams the last two years did. Um, and so this feels very similar. I do think, you know, on the, on the right night, there's there's probably a couple teams that could beat Georgia. Uh, I, don't, I don't think there's too many of them, but I, I'm wondering if one of those teams is going to be the team lined up next to them in Atlanta on Saturday. I, I don't know. Like, are we, is the only reason we're giving Alabama a chance because it says Alabama on the jersey, or or has Alabama gotten themselves into the same stratosphere as Georgia? Uh, I don't know. How I mean, about Destiny? How, how about Destiny? How about they've been living on the edge all year? How that, about they've that, they've somehow found a way to get to this game at eleven and one? Because they really have a nine and three team. Tennessee kind of let them off the hook. 
Auburn let them off the hook. There were a couple other games that were highly losable that they found a way to win because Nick Saban just kind of finds a way. I mean, the guy fumbles the ball, and then on the fourth down, they rush two. Um, Blake, i got to ask you this, though. The, the transfer portal's opening, and the, the, the thing that's really interesting about the portal and the way it's had the most evident um, – impact on the game is the way these quarterbacks move around. There's talk that Riley Leonard's going to go to Notre Dame. There's talk about this Murphy kid being lured from Texas to Ohio State where they need a quarterback. And you saw those Southeastern Conference, uh, the kid that went from Auburn to Oregon, totally changed the trajectory of what they're doing. Um, It's a really interesting deal. Uh, I just would like your thoughts on that. And and then the rip job that you did on Texas A and M is one of the greatest things I've ever seen. That takedown. If you if 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 you're listening to me and you don't read Blake's stuff, Blake has such a way of just calling it like he sees it when he's writing about this league. First of all, let's go there. What has been the reaction to your piece? Because those people there cannot like being called Michigan State in print, which is what you called them. It was it was an interesting column, Tony, because I think I managed to offend. Well, in fact, I know I managed to offend three fan bases in the same column. Um, Texas A and M fans were definitely offended by their reality being called out. Uh, Michigan State fans uh, were even almost more offended than Texas A&M fans, which was sort of the upset, I think. I really think the column went over the heads of most of Sparty Nation. I don't know what that says about their uh, their alumni, but it seemed to soar over their head because I actually kind of give backhanded compliments to their hire of Jonathan Smith from Oregon State, but uh, Sparty fans didn't take it that way. Uh, and Duke fans, I think they were, they were offended too. So, yeah, it was the rare trifecta there of, uh, of offending three fan bases. Um, but I mean, let's face it, right? Like A&M has top 10 level resources and yet for decades they have not had top 10 level results. I mean, they haven't had anything close to it. Right. Um, and so we all kind of scratch our heads and wonder why that is. And we all come up with our own theories of it. I don't really know the truth of the matter. Um, however, when this job came open, it was like, okay, this is a big boy job with all these resources, NIL, you know, facilities that would make the NFL teams blush. You look at the hot boards, you see all these big names out there. You even see reports connecting big names to the search. And then they hire their, as I call it, their fallback school, their commuter school that they applied to in case they didn't get into Berkeley or Stanford. Well, Berkeley and Stanford laughed at them and, and they were left having to go home to their commuter school. And, you know, that, that doesn't mean that A&M and Mike Elko are going to be a giant bust, but I think this hire shows that you, you kind of struck out on, on whatever big hopes you might have had. I mean, I just can't believe that Mike Elko was the, was the absolute grand plan from day one. I hope it wasn't. Um, the hire can be fine. Do I think... Do I think he's going to lead Texas A&M to its first appearance in the SEC championship ever? Probably not. Uh, I think I see a lot of eight and four, nine and three type of seasons in A&M's future, um, which they, which would be an improvement. I mean, they've, they've been a seven or eight win team. Uh, not ever, 
people like to think that this all started, you know, just when, when they joined the SEC. Uh-uh. Their history in the Big 12 was actually worse than their history in the SEC has been. So, yeah, it's a program with top 10 resources, and yet, to, to my point, there's still little brother uh, living in the shadow of big brother, uh, and in that way, they're, they're Michigan State. And, uh, I mean, frankly, Michigan State's been a better program than, than A&M has. But yeah. the fact that I can't tell you who made the better hire, and I don't think most of us can say, right? Like, Michigan State's hire of Jonathan Smith versus A&M and Mike Elko, the fact that we, you know, we kind of look at those probably in the similar light, uh, many of us are probably thinking Michigan State made the better hire. That, to me, is very telling um, of A&M's reality. But I, on the other hand, I, I do have to say, with a caveat, these things aren't foolproof. There's there's no assurances in these these hirings. And, you know, when Tennessee hired Josh Heupel, I kind of shrugged my shoulders and thought, mm, that was probably about as good as they can do uh, in that uh, in that situation. I, di- I didn't think it deserved, um, you know, to shut down Market Square with a parade or anything. Um, however, then lo and behold, Tennessee wins 11 games with Josh Heupel last year. So these things aren't, aren't foolproof. Uh, sometimes the great hires are a bust. Sometimes the mediocre hires become pretty good, but yes, as you look at this, I do think it's, it's kind of a reminder of, of A&M's reality and, and how they're viewed right now. Um, even in spite of, of all their resources. Hey Blake, you're not covering the portal player to player, and I'm sure you're thankful for that. Uh, Adam Sparks inherited that from you here, and he's got to worry about the comings and go and all these guys, you know, that that do this day in and day out, that get again the granular level. But there have been whispers that before the bell tolls, and we see the first day on Monday of the of Portal Mania that there are going to be some insane names that get into that thing. Are you hearing similar whispers across the league that there are a lot of coaches concerned about? Uh, you know, pretty good players jumping. Yeah, I think they're, the coaches are definitely concerned about it because um, there's two things that can happen. Like, one, a guy enters the portal because he actually, you know, is pretty serious about transferring. Or two, a uh, guy enters the portal just because he wants more money. You know, it's kind of like you know, with your employer. If you think you want to raise and your employer's not taken seriously, you float a few applications out there and, See if you can catch your employer's attention and get that raise after all, right? Like, that's kind of what this portal thing is, is if your employer's not just giving you an end-of-the-year raise, you're floating a few resumes out there. See if you can get a competitive offer, and, and that terrifies coaches, and it also squeezes their resources. Like, they don't want to have to give guys a raise beyond what is necessary because they need that money to go attract new talent and, and to sign, you know, recruiting classes. So, um, yeah, I think as much as guys worry about losing good players or or depth chart players they also worry about the guys that they don't think are actually going to transfer but they are going to toss their name in the portal um or at least brush right next to it and give just enough of a scare to uh to to go to go get the bag as they say right so yeah i mean you're kind of fighting it on on both ends like the the guys who really want to transfer and the guys who just want to raise um and i think as a coach you got to be real. You have to really trust your evaluation skills. Like part of this is being a general general manager, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Like if some guy wants a raise and you think he's a nice player, 
but I could re I could reallocate those resources to someone else. Again, you really have to trust. You don't overspend on the guys that that you think you can live without, um, but you don't let the ones get away that you think you really need. Uh, I think back last year, uh, did Jalen Wright get in the portal, or was he just flirting around with? He was kind of agitating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and Tennessee kept him. Yes, he he stayed at Tennessee, and and I would say that was a a good investment this year. Had a really Mm -hmm. really nice season for the Vols, so that that's a win. I mean, you have to. You have to have more hits than misses, um, like that. But I do think you have to be active. Like, I don't, there are still some coaches, uh, not being as active as I think they should be in the portal. And it is a balance. I mean, you want to, you want to, um, develop high school kids and, and hope they stay. And that's still, for the most part, what George is doing while sprinkling in a few transfers around the edges. But there's only a few programs that can sign recruiting classes like Georgia. Um, and so if you can't, you can't ignore that portal and you got to have some hits in there. I mean, that's why, uh, Ole Miss is, is 10 and 2 this year. And I know they, they fell on their face, uh, in their games against Alabama and, and Georgia. They beat everybody else. And it's because for the second year in a the row, they had some good hits in the portal. I think most teams have to be active in that thing. I mean, bringing it home to Knoxville there. Um, I think the balls probably need to be more active than they've been the past couple of years. And they need more hits, right? Agreed. Like they've got some warm bodies yeah. the past couple of years in the portal. But you compare some of their – I mean, there's going to be a guy in New York for the Heisman ceremony. Uh, he was a, he was a portal guy, Brian Kelly's first quarterback, right? Um, you look at the, the wide receiver from Ole Miss. He's one of the best wide receivers uh, in the conference. Missouri's running back's a, <clears throat> a transfer. He's, he's the SEC's leading rusher. So all across the conference – there are teams making their living with portal guys. And I think as some of this Jeremy Pruitt talent departs on Tennessee uh, and it's, it's in this transition period where we're, we're still yet to learn, you know, what kind of uh, talent developer, um, you know, Josh Heupel is of his own guys. I, I think, I think Tennessee really needs some high impact transfers um, in the portal this year and not just depth chart fillers, not just, not just a dude who, you know, in the, in the old baseball wins above replacement is like a point two. Like you, you need, you need some some six or seven more guys out of out of the portal. And Tennessee hasn't done a ton of that um, the last couple of years, other than you know Hinton Hooker, Jeremy Pruitt's parting gift, or actually Jay Graham's parting gift, uh, leaving. Which is remarkable. Yeah, that's a, that's an incredible footnote in all this. That Hendon Hooker's one of the. One of the great transfers, and when he came, you were still on the beat. We were all like, "What the hell is this guy doing? Does does he not have the internet? Does this guy yeah, not does, does this guy not know what's what's about to happen here?" But but to to back to Tennessee, I, I was talking with our recruiting guy um, who helps me X as we call him, and he was yeah. he was saying today that talking to people internally, they were saying that you know this thing is so fluid that we. We have a sense of who's going to jump into the portal off our roster, but we don't know because who knows with whom has been tampered, you know, who, who's tampering with whom, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And, and so how many guys are telling us we're not going to go and then, and then in the 11th hour they're going to jump in and there's really nothing you can do about it. So you have that attrition. You also have the, the guys that are telling you, yeah, I intend to come back, but then they might get a grade from the NFL that uh, is, is greater 
than what they feel like, and they're going to be left with no choice but to go. Um, and so you've got those two forces pulling at you. He believes Tennessee's number is going to be somewhere between 10 and 12 when it's all said and done, which, which, would, which would speak to, like you're saying, them being more active than they've been in the past. But you've got to really hit them. You've got to, out of those, let's say you add 10, Blake, you've got to hit on seven of those guys. Yeah, and you need a couple all-conference players out of that, too, or, or at least guys that are in the conversation that you might at least consider being uh, all-conference all players. You know, I, I, again, it goes back to, you know, we're not talking about some guy who's the, the 11th starter on an 11-man lineup and he becomes a liability, but yeah. but you think, oh, well, at least we got him or we'd have to be playing a freshman. Like, no, you need you, you need some guys that are that are actually helping you and not just, uh, okay, they're the, they're the veteran bum who's the alternative to playing a freshman. Um, that 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 doesn't help you much, and yeah, you know, I'm sure I'm forgetting something. I just I'm trying to think about high impact transfers Tennessee's had. Uh, Brew McCoy before nice player before his injury, right? Yeah. He was he was a hit out of the portal. Uh, Hendon Hooker was a hit. I, I know Milton's a transfer, but I don't know what his wins above replacement is. The baseball analogy. Mintz, he's uh, a pretty nice player from Georgia. Yeah, he's, and Campbell was a nice find. You yeah, know, so there's there's been a few. Um, Keelan Peely, I think the Peely guy at linebacker Blake was going to be a pretty nice player before he got hurt. Of course, he's like a million years old, but you know, and, and he can come back for yeah, he can in one one year next year. That's right. right. That's right. <laughs> uh, yeah, and so you do have to trust your that that does make it hard. What's your number? How many guys are you losing? And that's one of the reasons why the coaches have been pushing and, and celebrating. Um, anything that shortens the portal, right? Like they know guys are going to transfer. I think they know, I mean, they might talk about it, but they know that that toothpaste isn't going back in the tube where we go back to the dark ages and you got to ask permission from the athletic director to go play at another school. Yeah. Like that, that, that toothpaste isn't going back in, but that's, that's one of the reasons why these coaches want the windows shorted. Shortened is, um, and it is getting shortened. They, they, they want to know who's in and who's out faster. You know, um, so they know how many spots they need to to fill, and, and they're not, you know, left at the eleventh hour needing to fill five more spots than um, than they assume. But I, I'd say, like, when in doubt, go go chase the extra body or, or, or the extra guy out of the portal, and and assume you're going to lose somebody else. Uh, you know, that's uh, that's that's the way some programs have have done it, and I think they've been better off erring on on that side. Assume you're going to lose the guys. That, that you're on the fence about. Uh, if you think you might lose them, assume that you probably are going to lose them. And, and don't sweat at that. Like, you know, when I think about guys that could tra- transfer from Tennessee, I mean, there's a few guys I think I'd sweat, probably sweat a little more, a guy or two maybe going to the NFL. Uh, what's Jalen Wright going to do? What's Cooper Mays going to do? Cooper could come back, right? Yes. Uh, I think that would be that would be a huge win for Tennessee. But, you know, other than, than that, like, other than a few guys, who are you really sweating <laughs> losing, right? Like, I'd, I'd, I'd say if you're on the fence about it, you know, you're encouraging those guys. Go ahead. You know, you go ahead and go, and, and we'll take that spot. And trust trust your ability to go get somebody better uh, out of the portal. Now, that's different if you've are if you got a bunch of, of first-team all-SEC players. 
uh, you know, holding holding you there for more money. But I don't I don't think that's Tennessee's case. And in some ways, maybe that's a luxury, right? Some guy comes in and says, "Coach, I'm thinking about thinking about testing my options." You say, "We think that's a great idea. <laughs> we'll take your spot, and we're going to find somebody better out of the portal." Um, I just don't know if that's the way Tennessee looks at it. They they really just haven't been that aggressive in the last couple of years. But maybe that changes this offseason. I, I think it probably needs to. Well, they have to because you've got this Rolls Royce quarterback, and you, you better go find some guys to block for him and add a few more playmakers around him. And, and, and Blake, I appreciate your time. Tell the living listener about all you're involved with, how they can find you, all that good stuff. And I appreciate you, man. Yeah, on X at B Topmeyer, the uh, podcast, the aforementioned podcast is SEC Football Unfiltered. Uh, we talk about the, the coaching hires on there this week. We get even deeper into some of those playoff scenarios, who's in, who's out. You can find my work across the, the USA Today network. Uh, always recommend folks start local. So, uh, you know, if you're in Tennessee, that means Knox News or the Tennessean.com. Uh, you can find me anywhere that's owned by Gannett, basically. But start local and branch out from there. But, uh, yeah, I hope folks give us a, a try on the podcast, uh, SEC Football Unfiltered, because we're talking, we're talking playoff and, and coaching changes this week, uh, which are, which are the two hot issues here, and then, uh, and then the portal awaits. And sticking the thumb in the face of the A&M fans, which I have time for. Thank you, brother. Sounds good. Good talking to you, Tony. You know, um, guys, it's an interesting thing, this portal, because I'm visiting with X about this, and we're going to start X casting regarding the portal. And then Dave is going to help us, Dangerous Dave, uh, from the portal as well, who's going to watch a portal for us. He's got five names. Uh, he's got several names, including some to watch with the Vols, who we think they've already had contact with. But, um, Matt, what about the concept that if there are several guys that are on your roster who, if they come to you and say, I'm leaving, I mean, we have several guys that are like replacement-level guys. I mean, if you look at the sport. He makes a good point. No, no, he does. And I, I think there's there's probably a, a handful of those guys that they'll have decisions to make. Or, or may, maybe the players, you know, make a decision that you know, the, the coaches kind of prefer. So, no, I, I think that definitely goes on. Um, then there's, there's certain guys like, I, you know, we mentioned Cooper Mays. I, I think Cooper Mays would be a huge welcome back. And maybe the biggest get you could get to, to be able to bring him back with, with Nico. Um, that would really help sure up your offensive line. Um, so I, you know, like a guy like Cooper Mays would be more important than maybe Mincy or Spragans. Um, not that you don't want those two back, but you, you, you know, maybe you'd, you'd sacrifice those two to get Cooper Mays back, you know, stuff like that is what we're talking about. Cause at the end of the day, it's, it's a numbers game also. And because you, you know you only have so many scholarships to fill, um, but you know I think the you know what Blake said, and we've talked about it you know countless times that Tennessee needs to be a little bit better in the portal with with quality players. They've gotten guys that like rotational pieces or, or kind of you know fringe starters at, at the SEC level, but they, they need difference makers in in, in some spots um, and outside of the quarterback. Um, you know, hand and hooker who, you know, you inherited, you really haven't had difference makers. And they're looking high and low. I mean, they're looking Ivy League. 
according to what I hear. They're, they're looking uh, across the league here uh, in the SEC at a couple different schools, a couple different guys they've been involved with. Uh, somebody from um, South Carolina, for instance, A&M, uh, is another school that they've had uh, contact with a couple guys. And, and so, you know, there's a little bit of everything. Uh, they're going to look high and low. Um, and... The number we came up with is about 10 or 12, and it might be a few few fewer, and it might be a few more, but I think it's going to be somewhere in that neighborhood. And one thing that we reported on today on the blog, a, a name to keep in, in mind for Tennessee on their offensive line, they already know in this class right now, this true freshman class that's on campus, they have a hit on their offensive line, and it's really hard to find offensive linemen. And it's really hard to find guys that are really young, that you know are really good players in year one. And Vice and Lang is a guy is a name that you can pen in, not pencil in, but pen in. That somebody's an interior offensive lineman. They have high hopes for him. He was like a three star composite uh kid out of the state of Alabama. A massive kid who's got great feet, great technique, great work ethics, gotten on campus, gotten a lot better, and is already gonna vie for time uh, coming in the next season. So Vice and Lang is a name, and that is a great name. Vice and Lang sounds like he belongs like in a Rocky movie. Is he uh, related to Alyssa Lang? <sighs> Brian. We're going to come back on the other side, 865-200-5402. Brian just, you know, he just, I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. But uh, John Bryce joins after this. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern Middle Tennessee. WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. And I'm Michael Parks Lawrence at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Together, we're Mr. Bobby Parks' grandsons, and we run his dealership, and we are glad to be part of our local community. Being family-owned and operated, we invest heavily in our community. We do things like sports teams, schools, bands, you name it. We try to help everybody we can. The reason why we do this is because we all love this community. So come do business with us, your neighbors, at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee, right off Nashville Highway, or at ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter like the drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, this is Steve, the garbage man. Y'all have heard me talk in the past about Packer, our mascot dog. Well, I have some sad news about Packer. She recently crossed over the Rainbow Bridge to join our other beloved pets of the past. Packer lived out her final days on our farm in Water Valley. She had a great 14 years of life after being rescued by Don from being thrown away as a pup in someone's garbage. Rest in peace, Packer.
Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high-quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hello, my name is Connor Mims. My wife Bradley and I live in Columbia, Tennessee in Riverside. I am a deck and porch builder and my wife is a second grade teacher at Riverside Elementary. My specialty is designing and building elegant and comfortable porches and decks. Let me work with you to design and build the porch or deck of your dreams. Give us a call today from our website, memsmodernlandscape.com. That's memsmodernlandscape.com and check out what we have to offer. Thanks. This is Trey Adcock with Dixie Equipment Sales and Rental. We sell ASV and Wacker Noisen equipment. We also rent a wide variety of compact equipment in the Middle Tennessee area. Come see us. We are located in Columbia, Tennessee at 200 East 16th Street. You can call us at 615-969-0118 or visit our website at www.dixiediesel.com. We have been in business for over 42 years and we would love to help you turn your project into reality. Alabama, Georgia. 10, 5, touchdown Alabama. It's the SEC Championship live from Atlanta, Georgia. Let's get out of here again. Alabama wins it. Cheer on the Tide this Saturday as the Crimson Tide look to get revenge on the Bulldogs. Our coverage starts at noon from Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta, Georgia. On your home for Alabama football, the Crimson Tide Sports Network from Learfield. This is Jack Cobb with Murray County Public Schools and the Big Yellow School Bus. You're listening to Front Porch Radio on 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee. Get your head, get your head up, pick it up in the air right now, okay? And bow your head. Because the great footballscoop.com, John Bryce, returns to our airwaves. Lo, these many weeks later. Brycey, you happen to be the man... And I and we are blessed to have you on today. Hope you had a great Thanksgiving. And uh, I'm thankful for the continuing storylines of college football, Bryce. Yeah, I had a uh, great Thanksgiving. Hope you and your family and listeners did as well. We got to spend a little time in uh, Steamboat Springs, Colorado with our guide kids. So that was nice. And, um, you know, I just took the laptop with me even on the uh, gondola up the slope. I took the laptop with me in case I, in case I had to work. So. You so you are so you are in a scenic situation, not as pretty as East Tennessee, but a scenic situation nonetheless. Bryce, I'm uh, let's I was talk. Last week, I'm I'm back home. Oh, you're back home. Home now, but it's uh, it's pouring snow here as well, so it is it is quite beautiful in the bend. Let's talk about the madness, man. Uh, you and I were talking about the transfer portal off the air, and 
you've got one little piece of advice to the college football fan out there, and it's don't believe everything you read. Tell me about it. Yeah, well, I mean, you've got to understand that there are um, multiple kids out there, and I've talked to coaches from too many different programs who are dealing with it. There are a lot of kids out there, Tony, that are entering the transfer portal um, just to get a payday to stay right where they're at. Um, and it's going to continue to happen in this regard as long as they've not utilized their one-time transfer rule. And um, it's going to continue to happen where there are teams trying to uh, poach other teams' rosters. And um, I can tell you, I think there are a couple of players on the Tennessee roster right now that are um, uh, in, in danger of being poached or trying to be poached um, by some of the Vols' rivals uh, around the South. So these are kids that are they're trying. These schools are trying to lure into the portal with the thought of if you get in there, we'll take you. Here's the deal we have for you. None of that's binding, though, Bryce. Right? So these schools can lie to these kids just like they do in recruiting, right? They they can they do. Um, it happens. I think you've seen um, them develop more professional relationships um, using a third party conduit to facilitate a lot of these deals. But that doesn't mean. They always hold true. Uh, there's certainly some notable players around the country last year who have uh, told kids going into the portal right now, like, make sure you get your money up front. That's one of the things I keep hearing is make sure you get your money up front if you're transferring or make sure you get a chunk up front uh, because not all these places keep their word. What, which is really interesting, right? So before I go into the portal, can somebody wire money to a kid? Is that what we're talking about here? Um, I mean, I guess. I don't know if there's an actual contract signed or, or what the nuts and bolts of it are, but um, again, there are. It's becoming more, um, more, I guess, streamlined in a way. Like the the kid is not even involved as much. Like he's got a he's got a vibe with the coaches, but then um, he's got usually a third party handler, whether it's a mom or dad or aunt or uncle or whether it's somebody officially um, representing his marketing interests that handle things. And um, it's not just isolated college football. Some of these things, same, same things have happened in uh, women's college basketball as well. Oh, there's no, I mean, if it, I've always, I've always said, if people think that football is bad, the, the college basketball recruiting down through the years would make, and the stuff college basketball coaches do to get players would make these football coaches blush. But moving on. So you were throwing out there that there are a few players on Tennessee's roster. Can you give me positions, if you don't want to give me names, that you've heard that teams are trying to lure these guys into the portal? Um, I mean, I would say highly developed uh, skilled players on both sides of the ball. That's, uh, I don't, I don't want to um, give names or positions, but it's um, you know very promising skilled players on both sides of the ball. Yeah, I mean, Dylan Sampson's name was one that, popped up a couple days ago i don't know if you were uh, yeah i'm aware of, i'm aware of that i would um yeah that would not surprise me in the least i'll put it that way yeah and he when that got out he when they asked him about it because you got to communicate with these guys you know you see things or you see a post on social media and, and he says to them well no i'm, I'm here but I was telling the listeners, just because a kid looks at you and says, I'm here, doesn't mean on Friday afternoon he doesn't jump into the portal or Correct. next Tuesday or next Wednesday. Um, you know, here's, what coach, here's what a coach pointed out to me yesterday that I didn't think about, and it's why um, the kids are better off waiting as long as they possibly can to, to 
uh, officially enter the transfer portal. I had a coach, an assistant coach, tell me yesterday who had a couple of kids go into the portal like, hey, these guys forget they can't use the weight facilities anymore the rest of the semester. They don't get to eat at the training table anymore with their teammates the rest of the semester. As soon as they go into the portal as a grad or if they declare as an underclassman, like every coach has different rules in his program. But for the most part, those coaches then don't allow them to use the workout facilities anymore, certainly not with their teammates, don't allow them to eat with their teammates. Like everything changes. Wow. But do you want to do that, though, with a – with a kid that you really want to get back, though, Bryce? You want to cut the cord? Well, I mean, like, the other thing that coaches have told me, because the, the portal is, thir- uh, is 30 days coming up, TB, instead of yeah, 45. That's right. It's typically it's typically run 45 days, and it was, uh, you know, you had guys like Kirby Smart saying, well, I can't recruit the weekend of the national championship game, and there's guys in the portal taking official visits elsewhere. So the calendar's changed. It's just 30 days, but it, but but... Nobody's really complained about that because coaches indicated, and I think there was even a study, that a high percentage of players, when they enter the portal, already know where they intend to go. And so, um, you know, yeah, the coaches oftentimes, if they feel that way, are like, okay, we're going to recruit over you, or they're leaving because of playing time in some cases. And, you know, these rare cases, these outlier cases where somebody is trying to um, maybe get get paid and willing to stick around um you can you can handle those on a case-by-case basis but the norm uh not the exception but the norm is once a player decides to transfer or formally formally enters the portal then he's not in the locker room anymore he's not around his teammates he's not doing the team meals he's not doing any of that john bryce footballscoop.com how crazy is it in your world right now trying to track this stuff It's crazy. Um, it's crazy because I've got another another spot coming up this afternoon, and they asked me if I wanted to do uh, by phone or video, and I was like, I, I can't do video because I need to still be on my phone. So, um, yeah, it's it's nuts. Um, it's funny. The funniest part, Tony, is I had multiple college coaches reach out to me yesterday at all different levels, and they were like, how busy is your phone? And I was like, well, it's melting, basically. And they're like, okay, cool. What are you hearing about this job? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, these guys come to you, right? What people don't realize, well, I want to say this about John and what they do, because I I was told this, John's never told me this, but people reach out to those folks. I'm going to tell you how plugged in John is to this this whole uh, scene. Coaches will say, hey, mention my name for this job. Hey, can you help me? Help me, because uh, by making a guy, by you know that whole thing, and John, you can confirm nor deny that, but but that would keep my name out there. It kind of keeps my fan base knowing, hey, somebody wants me, uh, etc. Does that happen in that industry? Yes, it absolutely happens, and a lot of it is um, is genuine interest uh, of guys looking for their first head coaching chance, looking for their first coordinator chance yes uh, yeah yeah it's um they do it's been uh it's been a little bit uh revealing for me to see how much some of that stuff happens but um it's also very humbling let me throw this at you because we're in a season where you've got recruiters on these staffs who are also looking at their careers while they try to fortify the rosters of where they are and we've seen this in the past and they don't leave till you know February or whatever. But I hear that 
Now, in one sense, I hear Jerry Mack could be involved at MTSU, then some people say he's not. I don't have any sources there. You might. Do you believe Jerry Mack is uh, involved in the MTSU picture? Yes, I very strongly believe that, that Jerry Mack is involved in the MTSU picture. He is a Tennessee native. He's already been a head coach at the collegiate level. He won three conference championships at North Carolina Central. He very much endeavors to be a head coach. That's why he's sort of embarked on the career climb that he has. Um, and yeah, I think, I think Jerry Mack is absolutely involved at the, with the MTSU search. And it would not surprise me at all to see Jerry Mack get an interview and have a chance to be further involved in that search. Are there other names? Yeah, there are. Um, I would look at ECU assistant head coach and running backs coach or run game coordinator, Anthony Jones Jr. Uh, he's done a great job. He was at Memphis made the leap to TCU before the 22 season, obviously helped the Horn Frogs make it to the um, college football playoff championship game and get blown out by Georgia. Um, but again, much like Jerry Mack, he's got great connections in Memphis. Um, he's got some ties already, obviously, to Tennessee. He's recruited the state the same as Jerry Mack. Uh, Buster Faulkner is another guy I think will be very heavily involved. He's currently the offensive coordinator at Georgia Tech. They surprised a lot of people with a 6-6 six and six season this year. And then uh, – Scotty Walden, uh, the Austin P head coach, I think will be involved there. And then there's another uh, ACC assistant coach that I'm trying to track down that also am being told is going to be involved there. I love that Scotty Walden guy. That energy that dude has on the sidelines, that guy's insane. Yeah, he's uh, he's very much a, a live wire and coaches and his players, I think, are a direct reflection of that. They, they play kind of with their hairs on fire. Great John Bryce joining. Hey, Bryce, he, uh, is Jamie Chadwell going to get involved with anything, or is he making so much money there and he's just in a great spot and they're just going to mint league championships in the league he's in and he's happy? What do you expect to happen with him? Uh, you know, he could have had the Mississippi State job at any point in time that he wanted it, um, and, and they got deep into uh, – Mississippi State got deep into what it would propose to offer him, and Chadwell is very happy. At Liberty, he did not want to uproot his family after just one year. That's not been his M.O. Um, and Liberty pays ridiculously well in the five five million plus range is where I expect Jimmy Chadwell to be in wow. 2024. Wow. Maybe up near a million. Um, their facilities have improved greatly, and um, he's got a lot to um, he's got a lot to look forward to at Liberty as they continue to grow their profile and. Um, there will be better jobs that come open next year. You know, it's what's incredible about him is that job in that league pays more money than the rest of the teams combined. That tells you everything you need to know about that job in that league. That is the job in that league with the facilities, the momentum. He's a great young coach. I think if he got an opportunity like Mississippi State, I think he'd do a really nice job. They went with a guy that Josh Heupel brought to the party, and Jeff Levy. What do you make of that hire? I like. Uh, I'm a Jeff Levy guy. I, I don't know him well personally. I've only spent time with him once or twice, um, but I like his innovation. I like the way he runs offense. He studied under some great coaches, and I think this is a logical move for him. And if he can turn it into a seven, eight, nine win type program over the next three years, then he can probably bounce it into something even bigger. Do you buy that? Coach at Kentucky, Stoops, just decided he wanted to stay at the last minute. No, I think that was very much a uh, 
much like your infamous Shiano Sunday, I think that uh, very much public public perception and public feedback swayed that to come to an impasse for both parties. Who was it most at fault? Was that a Bjork thing or was that a board thing or somebody more higher up? Because, look, these football coaches are not hired by – it's nice to blame ADs. It's kind of fun. But it's also kind of naive to blame ADs. But Bjork did come out publicly, talk a big game, and then they ended up with him. Um, who were some of the guys, Bryce, when that thing first opened, who did they think they were going to lure? Um, they went far and wide. I mean, they interviewed sitting head coaches all over the country. I believe they spoke with Matt Campbell. I think they spoke with uh, Kalen DeBoer, or certainly they endeavored to speak with Kalen DeBoer. I think they um, tried to have conversations with both the Kansas and Kansas State head coaches. Uh, they worked their way back to this uh, the east side of the country and, and made some more stops there uh, with with various sitting head coaches. They, they cast a very wide net before uh, circling back around uh, on Mark Stoops and then pivoting back to Mike Elko. So Elko is choice number from, from just your counting. Choice number what? Gosh, um, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to say exactly how many people they offered the job to. Um, but again, once the Stoops stuff came out so heavily public, and again, I was in Colorado Friday and had an agent from New York text me and say, um, don't count out Mark Stoops at Texas A&M or the Mark Stoops stuff is heating up. And I did some more due diligence. And, and by Saturday, it looked like it was truly happening. And then the fan revolt and then Ross Bjork had to pivot. And I was told he had to pivot with the most urgency uh, because the people there at Texas A&M and, and affiliated with that program were incensed. Moving right along, talking about people that are incensed. The Florida fan base is reading the tea leaves here. We've already seen uh, Billy Napier peel off a couple of coaches. I- is that all? No, I don't expect that to be all. Um, I think there will be multiple assistant coaching changes coming at a number of schools in the SEC, um, but I think that Billy Napier will make offensive and defensive staff changes, uh, and I fully expect and am told to expect South Carolina will make staff changes as well. Can't rule it out at LSU. Um you know, Georgia assistant Fran Brown looks like he may officially get the Syracuse job today. Mm. Uh, so there's still going to be. I thought this would not be as active as, as it has already been from a head coaching standpoint. But um, I thought this was going to be a major year from a, a top-level assistant coaching movement standpoint. And I still think we're uh, going to have tons of movement at the upper levels of the assistant coaches. And I also think that um, I don't think the Michigan staff will return. Wow. So you believe what's going to happen with Michigan? I just think that um, I think Harbaugh will, not that he hasn't been, but I think Harbaugh probably has a better shot of getting back into the NFL this cycle. And I think he knows that um, for all the talk about how they've accepted this, uh, the penalty of this latest three-game suspension, et cetera, it's not done. The NCAA is still investigating. The Big Ten is still looking at things. The Big Ten is still going to listen to the NCAA when the NCAA literally took what it called an unprecedented measure to call the league office and other institutions in the Big Ten because of the pervasive nature of Michigan's cheating scandal. And so it's an unprecedented, truly unprecedented situation. I'm not going Seinfeld here. There's no precedent, baby. 
for this situation <laughs> with with how the NCAA has responded and, and let Michigan know this. And um, we wrote last night, Chris Partridge posted a statement, and we wrote about it on Football Scoop. Um, Chris Partridge got fired because he was trying to be a, uh, a loyal soldier and uh, trying to, I think, not let it be known how many people in what, uh, maybe it's Schimbeckler Hall, I don't think he wanted to know how many people in Schimbeckler Hall actually knew about this or was encouraging perhaps people to not share all that they knew about who all knew about this. So at the end of this thing, we could see the uh, NCAA prez or whoever whoever that person is get the new guy, get up there, hand Harbaugh the trophy, and then a few weeks later Michigan has a new coach. You think that's very possible here? Yes, absolutely. Wow. Wow. So do you believe, based on the people you talk to and the people around the sport, uh, witch hunt or they got caught? No, I think, uh, again, I'll reiterate um, maybe what I said the last time and what has continued to be um, stressed to me. And I'm including I had an ACC assistant coach within the last week tell me that um, some of those Michigan guys that he's friends with reached out to him and wanted to talk. And um, I won't repeat his exact language on the air, but it was pretty much uh, CeeLo Green, forget you. Um, I don't want to talk to you right now. And so that's the that's the thing is it was not a witch hunt. It was so brazen. It was so reckless. And it was so obvious. And more and more people knew about it. I mean, again, I'm told that um, it was utilized for their game against UNLV this year. And that's just, just craziness for Michigan to have felt like or, or had the arrogance to believe, like, yeah, we can still use this against UNLV because what does it matter? Is this Stallions guy such a Michigan loyalist that he's not going to talk, or is there a chance he rolls over? Former military, Tony, I don't think he's going to roll over. I think he um, think he has a code that he lives by, and I would be stunned if he talked. Brycey, uh, any other changes on Tennessee's coaching staff? Like, people wonder about Willie Moe, who's working without a deal. Uh, in the next year. Is Willie Martinez back here next year? What do you think? I think he's, uh, what, his contract expires either end of December or end of January? Correct, um, yes. Yeah, I, I think Willie's had a, a really long, um, distinguished career and done a lot, and I wouldn't be surprised at all to see Willie hang it up. Very interesting. Any other changes on Tennessee staff? Uh, aside from Jerry Mack trying to get involved uh, with the middle job. Yeah, I, I'm not, not as we sit here today, I don't think so. Um, again, I do believe that, that Jerry Mack is a viable candidate for MTSU, and um, MTSU uh, is in uncharted territory, and they owed Rick Stock still a ton of money. I think they're negotiating down how much that will end up being, because I know at the start of this season, Stock still was owed $5 million if MTSU fired him, and that's, that's mega money for the Blue Raiders athletics program. $5 million? How do these people get in these positions? Tom Allen's making twenty million. I mean, are you kidding? Well, they negotiated Tom down to fifteen million, Tony. So there's your five, fifteen there's your million. million for, yeah, there's your five million for Rick Stockstill. Now, Rick had a uh, to his credit, he probably uh, made a little under uh, many of his peers on a yearly salary basis, eight hundred and eighty thousand or something. But he had his contract fully guaranteed, and he was still signed through like two thousand twenty nine. So. Um, anyway, there you go. Brycey, um, anything else we haven't touched on? Because you have given us an incredible download 
Uh, and if folks want to learn more, how do they find you? How do they read you? All that good stuff. Yeah, on Twitter always at uh, John D. Bryce one, and then uh, footballscoop.com. We are um, churning out I don't know how much content every day, oh. and uh, we'll get back on our podcast airwaves soon. We took last week off for Thanksgiving, but I know we're going to have the podcast going again this week, and you can find the Football Scoop podcast on uh, Spotify and Apple Podcasts and all of that. Hey, Bryce, uh, on the way out, how many names in that transfer portal for it's all said and done? What's your guess? Over a thousand. I don't. I don't know where we're at now. Um, but you know, again, it officially opens Monday unless you're a graduate student right now. So Monday is going to be portal pandemonium. What is your? What percentage of those kids that go into that portal already have a deal? What's your ascertain that for me? Uh, at this point in time, I think it's a very large percentage already feel like they have a deal. Uh, I think a huge percentage of kids going into the portal this time, unless they're strictly going in um, because they're a third or fourth year guy and it's just not worked out. But if it's a young player or a very skilled player, then he's going into the portal um, with the belief that he's got a deal coming his way. And You know, you were talking about all these changes coming in the SEC with these assistant coaches. What people need to realize is these guys are the ones that are doing the recruiting either portal-wise or high school-wise or JUCO-wise, which we don't even talk about anymore. But, Bryce, every time one of those guys is hired off a staff, that's a slew of kids that become available. Right. It's wild, man. Yeah, I mean, and coaches now, I'm telling you, coaches now, depending on situations, they're being asked in interviews, how many players will you bring with you? What? That's the greatest thing I've ever heard. Yeah, that's true. Bryce, you're the man. Thank you. Much love to you. My best to you and Jess at the holidays. And be blessed. Hey, by the way, Riley Leonard going to Notre Dame? Uh, the Irish hope so. He's got uh, multiple options. I think he's got some West Coast options. Um, and, again, it will, it will be a very transactional situation. Much love to you. Thank you, brother. Thanks a lot. Take care. The great John Bryce one more time. Well, fellers, we got a full download there, and he said a mouthful. There's a lot of interesting stuff to uh, take from this. And he's a second guy, Dixon, that says the Vols got to be a little better in the portal. There's there's another. There's a um, – and, and, and be active in it. Yeah. I mean, I mean you could say that about every school. Yep. Um obviously Tennessee just, they just don't, they just haven't had difference makers or playmakers, whatever we want to call them, um, that they've gotten out of the portal. They've had guys that, again, can be serviceable role players or, or even serviceable starters and good role players. But um, when you're in Tennessee spot, you need to shoot a little bit higher than that. For the first time today, I open it up for you. You heard our two guests, 865-200-5402. Again, 865 865- 200-5402. We continue. We're going to open it up for you. Want to hear from you, your thoughts on what we've discussed so far. You think about it for a second. If several guys are hired out of the SEC, Matt, that should open up several players for Tennessee. And Tennessee having continuity on their coaching staff, essentially you're only facing um, – 
Right now it looks like the prospect of only losing two assistant coaches. While Florida, according to Bryce, they're going to flush a good bit of their staff. That does not look good for Billy Napier down there, Matt. That does not look good. No, they no, not with what their schedule is going to be next year. Um, and just and the team is going to have. I mean, who, you know, he's going to have a really good recruiting class, but how many of those guys are going to be able to contribute day one? And more than that, be be difference makers at the SEC level. And, I, you know, that's just always kind of a crapshoot. But here's the other thing. So. How many of those guys were – because you haven't signed yet. How many of those guys were recruited by coaches that won't be there? And will they – will those kids still come? I mean, you've got to wonder aloud now. Oh yeah, for sure, and I I wouldn't it's, know the answer to that at all. So, no, nobody that's knows. Definitely, definitely, uh, uh, you know, something to ask. Yeah, and, and usually that, you see the coaches that are willing to to uh, carve off some staff members in order to keep their own job. Sure, that's what we're seeing right now, and usually the next guy to go is them. Absolutely. I just think the whole thing. There's so many moving parts. It's dizzying. You are going to hear some names. I do think Tennessee has been active in terms of with some guys from around the league. And we'll see if that comes to fruition. And we're all going to see this play out in the next two or three. And I'm going to keep my ear to the ground for you and try to try to speak in certainties. Although I don't know how many certainties there are here with this stuff. The, the, the picture that Bryce just painted... I want to reinforce here, which is this. I'm at a school. I give your, let's say I'm at LSU. Let's let's use the the running back, Tennessee's running back from um, down there in Baton Rouge, as an example. I call his coach. I'm at LSU. Now, I'm not saying this has happened. I'm just going to use that as an example. And I say, hey, we want you, Samson, we want you. This is what we're willing to offer. Okay, fine. He goes through the process of filling out the paperwork and getting into the portal, thinking, hey, I've got a deal down there. They turn around and land the guy from Texas. Right in their backyard. Better player. In their eyes. He has to then go crawling back to his school. And Bryce said in many cases these schools are cutting off contact. with the, When these kids do this, they're now saying, you're not working out in our place. Which, Matt, that's pretty ballsy of some of these schools. You know that? If a kid goes into the portal and you sort of excommunicate them, do you agree with that, Matt? Do you think that's an interest? Because that's what Bryce said that some of these guys are telling them. That's that's how they're going to handle this. What do you think about that, Matt? The excommunication. Yeah, I I can see why schools and coaches do that. Um, because I I do think once you enter the portal, it's kind of the the point of no return. Because I I would think that a lot of negotiations with the school you're at would take place before you would enter it. So you would have already maybe, you know, 
communicated and tried to work out a deal and it just either didn't happen or they didn't, you know, one of the two sides were just wasn't going to budge on anything. Um, I don't know. It, I mean, it's like recruiting, like some of the, the lies that, that are told in recruiting never seem to come back to, to bite coaches or programs. And I, I guess this stuff doesn't either. Um, with, you know, not paying guys, um, if you don't pay them up front, like you would think that that would come back to bite programs and schools, but we haven't really heard anything about no. that really. No, in, in and fact, besides Matt, that quarterback to Florida, and obviously that's not hurting Florida's recruiting. You said it. You, you, you took the words right out of my mouth, man. We've been together too long. You're starting to think like my alleged mind because that's the truth. And that was, that was, uh, that was public. They promised that Jalen Rashada a bunch of money. They didn't pay him. His family said, where's our money? They said, oh, you'll get it. They said, no, you're going to get it. We're going to Arizona State. And Florida turns around and they're having like a bang-up recruiting class against a year where they've been brutal on the field. And I'm going to tell you something about Florida. I'm not going to stay Florida-obsessed here, but the SEC dropped their schedule. Caduce to Chris Lowe for his reportage. We led the blog with it today, Chris Lowe's reporting. The Think about that schedule for a second that the SEC dropped yesterday. Look at Florida's schedule. They're playing Central Florida next year. They're going to lose that game. Very much is a losable game. They're playing Samford. They could lose that game. People want to laugh, go ahead and laugh. They're uh, playing they're playing Miami. That's a highly losable game. And they're going to lose to Florida State. Florida State beat them this year with me at quarterback. The uh, uh what Caller they, Florida, I yeah. can hear the fear in his voice right now. I can hear the fear in the caller Florida's voice. Matt, what is is Florida's win total map from Vegas going to be like five and a half? And I'm not trying to laugh here. I- I'm not. I'm, I mean, wasn't that what it was this year? Wow. Wow, 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 wow. I mean, they, they don't have a quarterback. I mean, I think they have a five-star coming in, but, I mean, you never know with those guys. So, I, I don't know. They're, they're, they're hurting down there. So. I'm putting that, that doesn't affect them beating Tennessee, though. Uh, well, I'm putting the Tennessee game with them next year in a must-win column. A year, a year ahead of time. I mean, come on. We'll come back on the other side. I want to hear from you. All lines are jammed, as they will stay throughout on a day where we will no doubt have a TLD Logistics Overdrive overtime, where Matt Dixon will shine like the sun in the middle of the day tomorrow on the blog. Also, I'm going to visit with Y a little later on and get a basketball download from him. Mark Griffin will bring his three-pointers. And Dave Dynamite, Dynamite Dave, and Portal, the Portal Patrol. Each and every day is going to have some new names for you to consider, plus some guys that that we're going to hear that Tennessee's involved with. So he's going to have a list of some guys they should consider, plus we'll have some names of guys that we know they've had some involvement with. And, and the question becomes, to get to the 10 to 12 number that Tennessee's at, Matt, how many total players are they going to have contact with? 
Now, that's an interesting question. If you're going to sign 10 to 12 out of the portal, Matt, what's the number you think? 100 guys? Uh, I would, yeah, in some capacity, I would think. I would think. I would, I'd say at, at the bare minimum, probably 50. Oh, easy 50. Easy 50. Because Sean Sinclair said, when you start talking about uh, a kid, uh, a wide receiver at Texas A&M, for instance, which they're involved with, when you start talking about players like that, he's got 20 guys on him, 20 teams on him. So you just do the math. And it's all in a compact space. It's all compressed. And it's all insane. And we continue with more on the other side as we roll it on back after this. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern Middle Tennessee. WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. Celebrate you with a new vehicle from Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia. We have a huge selection of new vehicles waiting for you. We're talking cars, trucks, and SUVs. And if you're in the business of selling your vehicle, we've got you covered. We'll buy from you even if you don't buy from us. At Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia, we're locally owned and operated and proud to serve our community as the largest CDJR dealership in Tennessee. Find your new ride today when you visit Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia. Hi, this is Terry Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. Here is what some of our customers are saying about us. Great people, the place to shop for fair prices and great craftsmanship. Beautiful vintage and custom jewelry. Thank you, Beth. That is our goal. Stop by and see for yourself. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Tillis Jewelry, downtown Columbia. Owned and operated by Rick, custom designer and Terry registered gemologist. Assuring you the best jewelry value and expert services. Do you suffer from knee pain? Is it painful to walk or perform your day-to-day activities? If so, we have great news at the Dr. Gill Center. We can relieve your knee pain fast and easy with no downtime and no surgery. The FDA has approved a new non-surgical treatment for knee pain, and it's covered by most major insurance, including Medicare. This treatment has helped millions of people across the nation. Call today to see if you qualify for a free consultation and get back to a pain-free life. 615-551-9224. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job at Fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today, 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, or 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. 
Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at 10pin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. This is Mark Curry at the Trailer Store. We are a local, family-owned business. Every day, I work with my wife, Susie, my mother, Becky, and my son, Justin. We offer a full line of lawnmower trailers, utility trailers, stock trailers, and a full line of trailer parts. We also offer service. Come see us at 1021 New Lewisburg Highway. Call us at 931-381-2795. That's 931-381-2795. Hey, this is Trip Stoltz, owner and manager of Columbia Ace Hardware. Football season is here, and that means tailgating starts now. Come see us at 112 East James Campbell Boulevard and let us help you get your backyard game ready. We are open Monday through Friday from 7 to 7 and on Saturday from 8 to 4. Go Vols! Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. I am Jack Blackstone. And I'm Emery Blackstone. Together, we are Greenway Tech Repair. Tired of slow computers, cracked phone screens, and fancy home electronics you don't know how to use? We can help. We provide local on-site services as well as remote troubleshooting for any job, no matter how large or small, from computers and laptops to mobile devices and home electronics. We Blackstone Brothers are eager to serve our community. Find us on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. That's on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. Hey, this is Seth Moss at Tennessee Valley Equipment, a premier FAE Prime Tech, Bandit, and Shearex dealer. We are your dealer for all of your land clearing and forestry mulching needs. We sell equipment, provide repair service, and parts along with a rental fleet of mulching equipment. We also offer mulching teeth, blades, and sharpening. Our number one priority is getting you up and running as quickly and affordable as possible. Tennessee Valley is located at 300 Santa Fe Pike in wonderful Columbia, Tennessee. Stop by or give us a call today at 931-981-9812. If you're coping with a chronic condition or injury, your physician may recommend surgery to relieve pain, increase mobility, or improve your overall health. At Murray Regional Health, physicians on our medical staff perform surgical procedures in an array of specialty areas with the most advanced technology available. When you need surgery, count on our experienced surgical team to deliver exceptional care close to home. For more information, go to murrayregional.com surgery. Murray Regional Health, where clinical excellence meets compassionate care. Need a little extra cash for the holidays? From now until Christmas, Pillar Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electrical is giving you a $500 Visa gift card when you buy select new HVAC systems or receive a $250 gift card with a new tankless water heater. And upgrade now with monthly payments as low as $79. Visit happyhiller.com. Happy you'll be or the service is free. Call the happy face truck today. I've got our favorite grocer on the line, Mr. Miles Johnson for Foodland. Miles, how you doing today? I'm doing just fine. How are you? Oh, I'm doing fantastic, buddy. Well, let's uh, let's find out what's going on at Foodland and what great savings you guys have for the next two weeks. All righty. Well, we have cooked shank portion ham, $1.49 a pound. Sweet potatoes, 39 cents a pound. Mrs. Smith or Edwards pies, $5.99 each. Smithfield spiral sliced ham, $2.49 a pound. Food club turkey, $1.29 a pound. Coca-Cola 12 packs, two for 11 
and Pillsbury pie crust frozen, two for six, and a whole bunch more. All right. People need to come in and check it out. You always have a flyer right there handy at the door for everybody. So, And these sales run again for uh, the next two weeks, correct? Yes, sir. Oh, that's fantastic. So anyways, you guys are located right there on West 7th Street. You're open seven days a week. Your hours are 7 a.m. to 9 p.m. Miles, you and the staff have a great uh, Thanksgiving next weekend. All righty. Same to y'all. Thank you, Miles. Have a good day. Bye-bye. You too. Alabama, Georgia. 10-5. Touchdown, Alabama. It's the SEC Championship live from Atlanta, Georgia. Let's get out of here again. Alabama wins it. Cheer on the Tide this Saturday as the Crimson Tide look to get revenge on the Bulldogs. Our coverage starts at noon from Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta, Georgia. On your home for Alabama football. The Crimson Tide Sports Network from Learfield. This is Clayton Harris, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM Columbia. It's awards time. Last year, Tennessee had their first ever Blitnikoff Award winner. We've got some finalists. Brian Hartman, open the envelope and read the nominees for us here. This is not Good Morning America, and we're not doing the Emmys, but it's close. You've got Marvin Harrison from Ohio State. You've got Malik Neighbors from LSU. Wow, great player. And Rome Rome Adunze from Washington. Matt, who's your choice for the Blitnikoff Award? Uh, Where are you going there? Harrison Jr. is the best player, but he hadn't had the best year. Um, The guy at LSU has better numbers than the guy at Washington, so, uh, you know. You'd probably have to give it to Malik Neighbors, but either him or the guy at Washington would be my choices. Maserati Marv is third in my ballot, but he's the first guy I would take in a draft, to your point, Matt, because he is going to be an awesome, awesome professional football player. But that's not what we're talking about here. And, uh, yeah, I think Neighbors is going to win the award. Brian, the, who's who, give me the uh, the running backs. What are they called? The Doak the Walker. Running, the Doak Walker finalists are Ollie Gordon the second, Oklahoma State, who's yep. really good by the way. Yep. O'Marion Hampton from North Carolina. Great choice. And Cody Schrader from Missouri. Uh, Matt Dixon, where are you going? Uh, I'm not. I'm not sure. I want Cody Schrader um, to win that award, y'all. So I'm voting for, rooting for. The story about Schrader going from a having to beg teams to take him. Ah, had to go to what Truman State and ah, ah, finalist award. I mean, that was ah, incredible. Ah, guys, guy's a great player. The guy how back close there was he to not even getting a chance. I mean, think about it. You, you know, you know when it dawned on me that that guy was damn good was that night they played Georgia. And he was making plays. Because when you're making plays against Georgia, you can make plays. Back to the phones we go. He's a nice player. And Matt said something a couple days ago that's really true, which is Missouri had a better football team in Tennessee. Our fans need to let that thing go. Now, the game you really focus on that you really kick yourself over is that freaking Florida game. But what else is new? Missouri is a good Seven to ten points better in Tennessee most days, Matt. They just are, especially as beat up as we were at the end of the year. They're going to win that game nine out of ten, nine out of ten times, I think. 
Yeah, play, playing on the road. Yeah, I'd say yeah, eight out of ten. Yeah, you're getting trucked. Yeah, they're just yeah, they're just they're just better than you. Um, they match the matchups in that game just heavily favored Missouri a lot more than maybe we thought going in. Um, but they are they're just a better team um, and got got better better guys at the skill positions especially uh, yep. and you know it, you know just a one year deal. But that Florida bunch on the other hand. But then again, when you don't have your center, I mean, what are you going to do in that game? You have a kid there that's never played that position with a quarterback that's, you know. Whoever that was across the street that went back and looked into Heupel's past and, and compared Joe Milton, his numbers, that says it all about Milton. Now, it wasn't all about Milton, but Jays. Let's get our uh, next call in here. Hello and welcome. What's up, man? Lee. Yo, Lee. What's up, brother? Uh, not a whole lot. Was, y'all covered a ton of stuff this morning. Um, it's like a million things I guess you could talk about with college football. I was, I was really inter- interested in talking about how this playoff thing is going to work out. Yep, yep. Because I mean, I, I've I've said it on here several times during the year. There's a legit shot that the SEC doesn't get a team in. Now, after talking with some people that are generally pretty good at this stuff and know what they're talking about, I, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, Texas is going. Texas has to have Florida State Blues to to get in. Um, if Alabama beats Georgia, they, they're going to get into the playoff. How would they get um, in over Texas, Lee? Explain that to me. They're, they're going to justify it by saying, yes, head-to-head matters, but it's not the only thing that matters. They've already hinted around at this, talking about how Bama's not the same team that they were in week two. Not the um, same team. They needed a fumble the other day. They needed they needed a miracle. I, I agree. Yeah, it's I mean, the same I don't committee agree. that put Bama ahead of Tennessee last year. What is it, Matt? Say it again. This is the same committee that put Alabama ahead of Tennessee last year. Wow, this it's, I mean, Oregon it's, it's, guy. I, I'm telling you, if, if Alabama beats Georgia and it, it comes down to Alabama or Texas, they're going to put Alabama in. The only way that te- Texas is really out, uh, behind the eight ball here, they what? have to have Florida State. <laughs> I'm telling you. That's totally to sickening if that comes to pass. Because I'm going to tell you something, Lee. I believe yeah. Alabama is going to do – they're going to beat Georgia next well, this weekend because they've been I, I don't charmed. Think they I, I mean, I – no, I don't think they're beating Georgia. They don't have any good. business I mean, being on the field with them, but watch, watch it. But it, it, if it if it does, then Alabama is going to get in over Texas. They're, they're going to put them in over Texas, which is and I don't agree with it, but that's going to happen. I'm telling you, it's going to happen. Um, the, the question they need to be asking though is that, in my mind, it, how they handle Florida State here is if it comes down to Florida State or or Texas. Odds are they put Florida State in because they've never they'll be undefeated Power Five team and they've never left one of those out. Like I get it, but the the truth of the matter is Texas should be in over them. If you're trying to get the four best teams and you want the three best games, it has to be Texas or yeah. Alabama yeah. should be in over them. Or Alabama should be in over them if you want or to make Alabama, that. Alabama, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that is a great point I, when you when you don't have your quarterback. And I'm looking for the four best teams. And then this is a subjective thing, right? Matt, 
Yeah. I mean, you hate to punish the rest of the roster, but once that quarterback gets hurt, I mean, they're not the same team, Matt. Should they be treated as the same team? Well, I, I you can't, but I don't, I don't know how you penalize. I mean, they'll get hammered, whoever they play. Right. Um, and that, they, that, they probably were going to get hammered even with Travis. But I, like, I don't know how you punish them and keep them out if they're undefeated. I agree with that. that, that they, won't, they won't do it. They won't do it. They, they will put them in if they beat Louisville. And just let them get sacrificed. Be. And unfortunately, but that kills everybody that likes the sport, that wants to see good games. Mm-hmm. Because there needs to be somebody, and I know this, does, this is not going to happen. Nobody's going to ask this question in that, in that committee. Somebody in that committee needs to ask the question, what's, what would the point spread be if we put Florida State in here against Georgia or Michigan? You're exactly right. And Lee... And, and, but they, they won't ask it. it and you know, Lee, the other question they need to ask is, what's the watchability? Which I wonder when exactly. we go to the 12 team, and they're deciding you know, between team 12 and team 15, they're all going to have a similar profile. Those teams are all going to be... And so at some point, yeah. somebody in the room's got to say, okay, what's the spread going to be? If we put those two teams together, let's run it in the computer. Team 13, let's run it in the computer. And then what are these matchups going to look like? On te- It's a TV show. Because, this is a TV show in very Because we've had – they did this when they put Washington in, when they put Michigan State in, and those games were absolute blowouts. And they were terrible games. Yep. Nobody wanted to watch – nobody wants stay, to watch that. That's stay right there. Hang on. He's exactly right. And, and I hate that it's come to that. I want to say to the radio listener, I love you, I appreciate you. A TLD Logistics Overdrive Overtime is coming up over at tclub.team, and I have to talk that quickly because I don't know, it's in my nature.